to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. Welcome to Nourishment Mindset Podcast number eight. This week is all about knowing your numbers, the numbers that matter. And I do not mean the number that flashes between your feet as you hop on the scale, holding your breath for the result. Nor do I mean calories. Y'all know that I'm not into counting those meaningless metrics. This is because the nourishment mindset is all about the nutrient density of our foods And if you want to get more broad, a measure of density, nutrient density, if you will, of everything that we consume from how and with whom we spend our time. This matters for your mindset, your vitality. And of course, the nourishment mindset is about the pleasure and this vitality that we derive from real whole foods and mindful intentional living. The numbers that we'll be talking about today are my baselines when I begin working with clients to help them heal from within. My private practice, Favor Fat, is all about using food as medicine. This is my primary tool in my toolkit. There are others, but to me, food, real whole food, is at least 80% of the equation. So there are two subgroups of metabolic markers that are important for me to have as client baselines. The first small set you can get yourself in today. Your waist circumference just requires a measuring tape. We're looking for under 40 inches in men, under 35 inches in women. And your blood pressure. And if you don't have a home blood pressure cuff, your gym, your pharmacy, your doctor's office, if you have to pop in there, they should let you have a blood pressure measure. And here we're looking for less than 130 over 85. My second set of metabolic markers requires a vampire visit. There's just no way around that. So there's a a subgroup in here. There's essentially the ones that would be commonly ordered by your primary if you're there for a preventative annual checkup. There are others that are not commonly ordered, but I will argue are essential for understanding a patient's metabolic health. So fasting glucose, after you've had nothing to eat for at least eight, if not 12 hours, And I should say broader than eat, you know, drinking anything other than water is essentially eating. So we're looking to consume nothing and see what that fasting measure of sugar in your blood is. And we're looking for under 100. Another standard test would be A1C, which is a three-month average of those sugars. It's an important number used to diagnose prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. I will, of course, argue that we need something else, something critical 
so that we can look at this before we even get to prediabetes, but that will come later. There's a lipid panel. So you're looking at triglycerides, which you want to have. The, the blood, the labs will say under 150, and that's a great first step. I would argue for optimal under 100. And what are triglycerides? They are, this is a measure of a type of fat in your blood. Also, we're looking at cholesterol. The one that's most important to me is HDL, otherwise known as good cholesterol. I like to see my clients over 50, regardless of gender. I'm a little bit differing um, with the mainstream there. And it'd be even better to be a little higher, but we start somewhere. Total cholesterol, I'm personally not that interested in unless it's a very high number. And LDL cholesterol, which everyone likes to freak out about because it's an opportunity to statinize the world. Uh, again, not personally concerned by that. If a client is concerned, we can look at particle size. But there are other ways to look at how you're doing, more important measures, which I will get to. But that being said, you can do a coronary calcium test if your doctor will order it for you. In my market, it's about $75, pay out of pocket, and that will show you if you have calcium in your arteries. If you have none, then LDL can just fly out the window. So I will be doing a whole podcast on cholesterol because it's one of my favorite things to nerd out on. It also gets me riled up like almost nothing else. So more on that later. It may not be a standard test, but I think it's becoming more so measuring people's vitamin D levels. The test that I want added that sometimes can require a bit of a let's be nice and say an education of your medical provider, if not an argument. Those numbers are your fasting insulin. This is the one that's going to show maybe what we'll call pre-pre-diabetes. Because in my humble opinion, once you have pre-diabetes, you already have type 2 diabetes. Meaning, Ain't no such thing as pre-diabetes. It's just sort of stage one. So fasting insulin is going to show you how insulin sensitive you are. You want to be insulin sensitive. That's a beautiful thing. Insulin resistance is the precursor to that pre-diabetes. Okay, so if you think of it on a scale, insulin sensitivity is where you want to be. As you move along that scale, you develop insulin resistance, what's called prediabetes, but should just be called freaking diabetes, type 2, and then the official diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. I tend to think the reason we fiddle around with prediabetes um, is perhaps twofold. This is just my opinion. I've never read anything on this. But if we had to be honest, 
and really say <laughs> how many Americans have type 2 diabetes, it's going to be north of 50%. And that just doesn't sound good. So if we could put a whole big majority of that 52%, what we're going to call pre-diabetes, which sort of just sounds like, yeah, you're sort of getting there, but if you don't turn down this road, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it later. Just wait till things get worse. Um, that's that's kind of where we are. Furthermore, it's a lot more profitable for big medicine, big pharma, to have all these sick folks on medications and doing procedures and whatnot. So I realize that's a really critical and downer <laughs> viewpoint of this, but that's where I am, folks. That is where I am. So another measure, C-reactive protein. We want to see this at below 0.7. This is a measure of inflammation. Now, it's not going to tell you exact type of inflammation, but it will tell you how inflamed you are. And there could be different reasons for that. So when I have these numbers, I can get a really good picture of a client's, a new client's metabolic health. And then I get to do some nerdy math calculations to dive even deeper. So I'm not going to get too nerdy today. But I can look at things, and you can do this yourself, like a triglyceride to HDL ratio. Take your triglycerides, divide them by your HDL number, that good cholesterol. And ideally, you want to be under 2, because more than that is something I just mentioned. It's indicating insulin resistance. More than three signifies significant insulin resistance, i.e. probably what's called prediabetes. In my book, diabetes. Let's just call it what it is and stop hiding from it. Can't fix what you're hiding from. So another measure, nerdy measure I like to do is what's called HOMA-IR. This is just, a, it's better even than fasting insulin I want to have both, but it's measuring the relationship between the glucose and insulin response in your body. So with a HOMA IR, you want less than one. And the calculation's too nerdy to get into over a podcast, but you can look it up online if you're interested. So this is admittedly a pretty deep dive into a client's metabolic health. And it gives me something that I can hold on to. You know, I can almost feel it. To compare at their three and six month uh, redraws, another set of labs. It's telling us what's going on under the hood. So like as awesome as a 10, 20 pound weight loss is, I don't know what's going on on the inside. I personally get much more excited when the engine is squeaky clean after a few months, or for some people who need more healing, it could take six months, a year, et cetera. But this, this, is, this is important because, I may have said it before, but I'll never forget a professor in the Nutrition Network where I did my advisor certification and I'm currently pursuing practitioner level. He said, we don't lose weight and then get healthy. We get healthy and then we lose weight. Wow, 
that is not what the diet industry is selling. <laughs> That's a whole nother way to think about things. In other words, sometimes your body needs time to heal from within before it will part ways with extra accumulated fat, which is just really a, a it's a symptom. It's just showing metabolic illness. So here is the challenge, which I have mentioned. Most doctors don't run all these tests, especially fasting insulin. So you'll simply need to ask. And if you get pushed back, it's usually coming from someone who doesn't understand what fasting insulin is and why it's important. You can take your Know Your Numbers campaign into your own hands because there are now companies like Walk-In Labs where you can order your own blood work or support someone I admire very much. His name is Dave Feldman. He is one of the world's foremost experts on lipids and cholesterol. He self-proclaims a citizen scientist. He's an engineer who just came at this and is doing tremendous work. His company is called Own Your Labs, ownyourlabs.com. I have no affiliation with him other than just loving his work. He's not paying me to put this on here. I just would like you all to know that you can take this into your own hands if need be. And if you're someone who's maybe looking for a provider, perhaps you don't have a primary care physician, I think it's a great idea to go ahead and bring your labs to the person that you've chosen so that you can have a meaningful discussion in your first visit versus, hey, go get some labs and then come back. You're going to save yourself a trip. Now, the flip side of that is this is an out-of-pocket situation. So, as with anything, metabolic disease is easier to reverse the earlier you catch it. Hence my argument as to why it should be standard of care to run a fasting insulin. If we can see someone becoming insulin resistant, this means we can help treat this. Why do I need to become pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic before I do anything about it? To me, this is frankly criminal. It's so much sickness, cost, swallowing of pills, shooting of shots that is unnecessary. But this ain't profitable because food is medicine is relatively cheap. Yes, I said it. And yes, I understand that real whole foods are more expensive than ultra-processed fare. Think about it like this. There's a couple ways to see this. One is, you know what else is crazy freaking expensive? Is all the medications, the specialist visits, all the time, all the pain and suffering of being and becoming more and more sick. The other way I like to think about it is, real whole foods, for me, are like getting your car serviced at those routine intervals or, say, changing the oil. You would not skip this oil change, right? Or at least you wouldn't ignore the light for too long. 
So, so why are we skipping routine care for the most important tool in your life? Your number one machine, that's your bod. So try to, you know, think about that and what makes sense for you. We all have to make decisions for ourselves. So that is important. I do urge you to know your numbers. This is empowerment. You cannot manage what you can't measure. So, switch gears a little bit. A listener asked me to address the process of working with a health coach. My short answer is it depends on who you hire. And this is the same exact thing I said when I ran my marketing and management consulting business for the culinary and wine industry. That was 2008 to 2019. Depends on who you hire. The difference between those two careers for me, that was my professional midlife crisis, figuring out how to get into a meaningful place in the health world. And I'm so glad I found the Nutrition Network. And I'm so honored that I get to help people with favor fat. It really is meaningful work to me. Not that I didn't love my time in the wine industry, but it does depend on who you hire. So the only thing I can answer is, what is it like to work with me? I think my clients are the better people to answer that question. But honestly, I think for many people, the idea of hiring a health coach is about as fun maybe as going to the dentist. It, it just, it's, it's not our number one priority. It's something you sort of, well, I guess I need to do that, but I'm certainly not going to look forward to it. Knowing that, I try to make a fun experience for my clients. I try to be real. Straight talk is what I call it. I don't want to waste people's time. But if someone's interested in working with me, the first thing I do is a complimentary consult. It's usually 15 or 20 minutes to see if we're a fit. And there can be misfits for a variety of reasons. Maybe someone doesn't like my personality. Maybe someone doesn't like that I'm not a registered dietitian. I am purposefully not a registered dietitian because I don't agree with what these programs teach. So how could I do that? But there are many reasons. And, and frankly, on my end, I'm done working with jerks. This is my second career. I wish to work with people who would like to partner in their health. And, and that's what's inspiring to me. So if we decide we're a fit after a complimentary consult, then it's pretty easy from there in terms of the setup and the agreement. I have a one-page agreement that just says, please pay your bills and give me some notice if you can't make your appointment. But I don't do strings. I don't do packages. So there aren't a lot of requirements. It tends to go like this. There's an intake call. I have an intake form of 10 questions that I ask people to think through. They can, my writers write back and they give me paragraphs and I love it because everyone's different. Other people, they're not into that. So we just talk through the questions. But this first call tends to take an hour and a half to two hours. So it is an investment of time. But here we were able to help set goals and figure out what's really personally important for a given individual because this has to be personalized. And then after that, we just set up a meeting schedule that works. 
And in my experience, this it's not only highly um, individually different, it, it just it tends to level off. And so what do I mean? So let's take someone who just for motivation, this is someone who really wants like the accountability, the, the cheerleading, all of that stuff. Maybe they want to meet with me once a week for an hour for the first month. This person might go to 30 minutes, might go to every other week, and then they're sailing along and they don't need me anymore. And I'm not sad after that. I'm happy because these tend to be the people that are achieving their metabolic health goals and they're doing great. People like a nurse I worked with who said to me, I just did a hike with my fiance. I can't, I couldn't have imagined doing that long of a hike before. I would have been so out of breath. I feel so great. I don't feel like a fraud when I walk into the work, into work rather. So I'm happy that this chica doesn't need me anymore. That means we both did our jobs. So I, I don't have a set schedule for people. It's really what they think they need. I will, of course, make recommendations depending on what someone's trying to achieve, but I don't, I don't do strings attached. That's just not, it's totally customizable. I charge by the hour. I do not take insurance. And sure, it's, someone might say, well, that's not really a great business model. I agree completely. Um, I have a background with an MBA. I used to run a business. I optimized that business so that I could have employees, but this is not something I want to do in my second career. I'm on a mission to help people elevate their metabolic health. So I'm in this game for different reasons. For me, it's all about regaining vitality, having the energy, taking pleasure from the nourishment, having a fulfilling life. I think my awesome podcast intro dude says it best, good food, good health, and a good life. So that's what I'm here for. But I'll also have my book, The Nourishment Mindset, coming out soon. I'm super excited. I just reconnected with a wonderful designer that I used to work with back in my culinary marketing days. She's going to help me with a book cover. It's all laid out. So there will be plenty of very cost-effective tools for learning about the Nourishment Mindset, in addition to this free tool, the Nourishment Mindset Podcast. So if you have ideas for future shows, please get in touch with me on my website, favorfat.com. You can send me an email from there. You can ping me on LinkedIn at Dixie L. Huey or Instagram at Nourishment Mindset. Please consider sharing this with someone who might benefit from it. I'd love a review. Again, I do take topic requests, so just be and stay in touch. I wish you a wonderfully nourishing week, and I'll look forward to seeing you next Tuesday.